This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode of The Sheridan Tapes was made possible by our supporters on Patreon. Michael Paldostro, Val S., Martin Ray, and Elena Malnati. If you'd like to support the show as well, please go to patreon.com slash homesteadcorner. For as little as $1 a month, you get early access to ad-free versions of episodes, a special weekly behind-the-scenes podcast, and patron-only AMA live streams. Before we get started, this episode contains depictions of childhood conflict, dread, terror, and disturbing imagery. Content warnings and a full transcript are available in the show notes. Happy birthday, dear Anna. Happy birthday. Your mother wants to. <laughs> what do you want, weirdo? Oh, nothing. Just notice anything missing lately, Kate? What is you do? Why are you taping this? <laughs> what is your damage, Anna? I just thought you might want to go check the fireplace. Oh my god, what did you do? <laughs> Chill out, Kate. She's fine. She's also a doll, remember? You hung her up by her neck in front of the fire. She could have melted. Kate, you are way, way too old for this. It would be a shame if Brad found out. Don't you dare. Ow! As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm in a dollhouse of all the places I could have ended up. Let's try that again. I'm I'm in a place called the Dollhouse. The Dollhouse Hotel, technically, but Dolores just kept calling it the Dollhouse. I've never heard of it, and by the looks of things, no one else has in a long time. It didn't show up on my phone when I looked it up, and it wasn't even on the old print maps I had. I didn't plan to end up here, but I was tired, and I saw the sign, and yeah, I turned off. That might have been a mistake, but God, I needed some sleep. (laughs) Uh, I'm not starting this off well, am I, Anna? Must be even more tired than I thought. Last week I was at your house in Lake Isabella and, well, I recorded all that, so I don't think I need to recap it. Then I called that Lieutenant Tyler Maria told me about, but he was just as cagey as she was about this Bailey person. I doubt I'll be able to get anything else out of him. But I do know he works in Oslo County, Nevada, the same place you disappeared. So that's where I'm headed now. God, that feels really weird to say. You remember how Dad always used to talk about Nevada, right? That it was a dark place and that we should just avoid the whole state? I remember we used to spend whole days driving around it whenever we went on vacation. I guess it's just one of those things. You grow up just 
accepting is normal. I think I'm pretty close now. I'm not sure. I, I was never very good with maps and the service on my GPS and phone kept failing, so I can't check. The highways out here are a lot longer and more desolate than I expected. A little desperate, too. No real cities, just strange roadside attractions, groups of trailers that look so run down you almost hope no one lives there, and painted signs for what are clearly low-rent brothels. Not anywhere I'd want to stop for the night, that's for sure. There was this one town that used to be a silver mine and hasn't been doing well since then, and another place that had a billboard advertising the biggest artillery depot in the world. I know I didn't have any rational reason to drive faster on my way out of that place, but let's just say the feeling hanging over it was dark. Impressive. So I kept driving. By that point, it was getting dark and I haven't been sleeping very well since what happened in your house, so I was fading fast. That's when I saw the sign, come rest your bones at the dollhouse. It was on the side of the highway, just a few feet before a little two-lane road. I couldn't really see anything beyond it, but my vision was starting to get blurry and I knew my only other option was sleeping in my car on the side of the highway, so I turned off. Sleeping in a car was always your thing, not mine. I pulled around some kind of rock formation that was big enough to hide the highway from view, and then I saw it. The dollhouse. I couldn't get a good look at the outside in the dark, but I could tell that it was a big, old, Victorian-looking bed and breakfast, just sitting in the middle of the Nevadan desert. Wraparound porch, two stories, and pretty well-maintained except for a bit of chipped paint. Even so, there were no other cars in the parking lot when I arrived. I pulled up and was just getting out of my car when I heard someone say, Aren't you a lucky one? I looked up to see a woman standing right in front of my headlights, just down off the porch. I don't know how she got there without me noticing, but it's probably just how tired I was. She introduced herself as Dolores, the hotel manager. I'm guessing the lack of cars in the parking lot wasn't a new thing since she kept talking about how excited she was as she brought me in through the front door. <laughs> I guess it's only fair to assume that when you see a sign for the dollhouse hotel, there will be dolls involved at some point. I mean, I had dolls when I was a kid, but this was, well, let's just say you would have loved this place, Anna. Or hated it. Or both. On every wall, there's at least one shelf with a dozen dolls. <laughs> All different kinds, too. Your stereotypical frilly dress doll, sure. But also rag dolls, puppets, wooden dolls, even some antique ones with pointed, glamorous faces. I think I even saw one or two Cabbage Patch Kids in the corner of the lobby. But mostly, they're the frilly kinds. This place definitely has a theme. The receptionist desk was right inside the front door off to the left, fairly small for the size of the room. The place smelled old, like they'd cooked the same meals over and over again for years and the smell has seeped into the walls. It's not so bad up here in my room, but it's there. 
And as Dolores rattled off tidbit after tidbit about the history of the hotel, I looked around the room and I saw Eunice. Eunice is a doll, unsurprisingly, the one sitting on the receptionist desk down in the lobby. She has a white laced silk dress, a neat head of curls, and a little parasol over one shoulder. Dolores caught me looking at her and said, Oh, this is Eunice. She's the lady of the house. It's her hotel, which was... Okay, I get it. People come here for the weirdness, I guess. But then Dolores looked at me and said something like, Oh my, you have beautiful eyes. Eunice, don't you think she has beautiful eyes? And she put her hand up behind Eunice and... Well, pretended to make her say, Oh my, yes, she does. And no, I'm not kidding. I was just about ready to go up to my room and never come out again, but Dolores insisted on giving me a full tour of the place. Being her only customer in God knows how long, I didn't really feel like I had a choice. The staircase to the second floor, which is where my room is, was right there in the lobby next to the entryway. The next room we entered was off to the right, the lounge. The lights were all dimmed for the evening, but it was still pretty easy to see. There were dolls set up in little scenes all around the room, taking up a corner of a bench beneath the window, climbing on the curtains, and uh, sitting around a tall, spindly table on tall, spindly chairs. There was an identical, human-sized version of that table and chair set sitting next to it. The wallpaper was floral, excessively so, and the rugs in the room were soft and spongy with age. It took me a while to take it all in, tired as I was, but then I saw a familiar face in one of the tableaus. It was a Felicity doll. I couldn't help myself and I blurted out her name and Dolores got, well, more excited than I would have expected. Then I saw a telephone Tammy and blurted out again and Dolores exclaimed that she simply had to give me the real tour now since I was a fellow collector. I tried to insist that I just recognized a few from when I was a kid, but she ignored that and asked me to take a closer look. Really take the details in, as she said. I went over to one of the dolls climbing the curtains just to be polite and examined it as well as I could. I tried to focus on it, but I kept catching Dolores staring at me out of the corner of my eye. She looked so expectant, like I was about to discover some great secret. But after a while, I gave up the pretense and just said that they were lovely and then walked back over to her. She looked slightly disappointed, but it passed in a moment before she led me into the next room, blurting out doll facts at a speed that would give an auctioneer whiplash. Dolores kept saying that this was the best day ever, and I... Well, I guess I went along with it because I felt bad for her. The next room was further towards the back of the house with a long dining table and those dollhouse-like Victorian chairs around it. I could see the kitchen behind a set of swinging doors on the far side of it. Dolores said that the kitchen was only for staff, but if I needed anything day or night, I just had to go into that room and ring the bells on this weird kind of chandelier thing with ropes and pulleys running down from it to different sections of the dining room. I'd never seen anything like it, but, well, it definitely wasn't the weirdest thing I'd seen at the hotel, so 
I didn't question it. The rooms on the ground floor were connected to the dining room by a dark hallway running along the back of the house. Dolores said she couldn't take me in there because it was past quiet hours, but... <sighs> now that I think about it, that doesn't quite make sense. Not if I'm the only one here. In any case, I'm glad she didn't take me back there. From what I could see, the walls were packed with so many dolls, it was impossible to see anything except for the empty spaces where the doors must have been. So, instead, she took me back through the lounge to the lobby, told me when breakfast was served, when their social hour was. She said something about always having to keep the dolls occupied so they don't cause trouble, so... Yikes. No, thank you. Then she pointed out the spa room. Yes, somehow this place has a spa. It's a small room that goes all the way up through the second story with a massive skylight instead of a roof. There's just enough room for a small hot tub and the humidity in there was ugh, honestly kind of suffocating. I think the walls were glass too, but they all had heavy curtains over them. For privacy, I guess, though I can only imagine the mildew they must get in there. As soon as we were done, Dolores turned and said, a little more sternly than she should have, that should I choose to use the spa, I needed to leave the curtains exactly where they were. I nodded politely, but I don't think it will come as any surprise that I don't plan on taking advantage of the spa. Then we went back to the front desk. I paid in cash to avoid any difficulties with what looked like a 20-year-old card reader, and she handed me an antique-looking bronze key, bigger than my phone. She told me that I'd be staying in room 18, which was at the end of the second-story hallway, just past the bathroom. I was about to head up and go to bed when I realized there was a whole section of the house she'd left out of our tour. I don't know how I didn't notice it earlier, but... The area behind the desk. She hadn't even mentioned it. There was a large door made out of some kind of rough dark wood behind her that looked out of place compared to the Victorian stylings of the rest of the hotel. I asked about it and Dolores said, completely straight-faced, that it led to Eunice's private quarters. I didn't know how to reply to that, but... And Dolores laughed awkwardly and said that it was just our little joke. She explained that it's all back-of-house stuff. Boilers and laundry and cleaning supplies. That sort of thing. I didn't quite believe her, but I really wanted to get to my room and call it a night. I climbed up the stairs to the second floor, passing some kind of stained glass window near the top, but I couldn't tell what it was supposed to be in the dark. At the top of the stairs, I noticed that the wall on the right looked much newer than the walls in the rest of the house, as if it had only been built recently. It must have been right above the door that led to Eunice's quarters, or whatever's really back there. Of course, the dolls continued to line the hall, which kind of snake around the building, above the lounge, dining room, and kitchen, but thankfully they weren't as choked with them as the hall on the first floor was. I realized that my room must be on the far end of the hallway, so I'd have to walk past all of those dolls on the way there. At first it wasn't too bad, but as I went, the dolls seemed to get more lifelike, like those hyper-realistic newborn ones that some people have for some reason. 
It was still pretty dark, and the end of the hall just past my room was completely black, but I could still see the vague shadows of dolls several feet away, mounted at the end of the hall. They were bigger than any of the rest, at least a couple of feet tall, if not completely human-sized. I rushed into my room pretty quickly after I saw those. I made sure to lock the door, too. And after that, well, I've been here, in my room, trying to sleep. It's been a few hours, but I've only had little moments of rest, nothing solid. It's the middle of the freaking night, and I still can't sleep. I thought I'd just drift right off to sleep with how tired I am, but... <sighs> There's just something uh, off about my room. You know what? Oh, I think I just figured it out. All of the furniture in here, it's, it's like the dining table downstairs. It's all scaled up dollhouse furniture. All of the table and chair legs are stockier and more rounded than normal and... The ruffles on the comforter and the pillows are way too excessive, not to mention the canopy over the bed. God, it feels like someone shrunk me down and put me in a, an actual dollhouse. It's, it's almost claustrophobic, to be honest. Oh, come on. I'm starving, too. There was nowhere to stop for dinner out there, and I really wasn't thinking about eating at that point. Maybe I should take Dolores' advice. She did say the kitchen was available any time, day or night. Couldn't hurt to check, anyway. Oh, okay, got everything. Let's, oh, I could probably turn you. Ugh, just need to ignore that hallway. Okay, let's see what these bells actually sound like. Well, hello, Miss Sheridan. I am so glad you decided to take advantage of our kitchen tonight. What can I get you? Uh, uh hi, hi, Dolores. Uh, well, uh, do you, uh, do you have grilled cheese and tomato soup? I don't see a menu, but, uh... It would be my pleasure. Don't move a muscle. What the hell? Uh... Dolores just came out of the kitchen in, well, a full maid outfit. Curled hair, perfect makeup, not a stitch out of place like it wasn't the middle of the night. Doesn't anyone else work here? Doesn't she sleep? <sighs> Whatever. Ugh. You know, I was thinking... Anna never told me much about the time she came to Nevada. She always said she was drawn here, but I kind of just assumed that was some rebellious carryover from our childhood. I mean, she was closer to Dad than any of the rest of us, but... Well, she was still Anna. But I don't think it was just that. She told me that there are way more disappearances in the state than there ought to be, especially along I-80. Huh, that's... Not too far from here, actually. It was hard for me to imagine what kind of death wish Anna had seeking out places where people vanished, but... 
Well, I guess I understand her better than I used to now. <laughs> Hopefully this isn't where you ended up, Anna. I hate to think of your illustrious career ending in a place like the Dollhouse Hotel. Though I suspect this is where all of the missing people in Nevada end up eventually. Like, right in front of me, the dolls all look just a little too specific. There's a... Wait, is that a smartphone in that one's hands? And a... Uh, oh god, I didn't notice earlier, but they all look like they've been crying. Dinner's there. Do you need anything else? This, uh, this will be fine. Thank you. What is this? Is this plastic? I'm so silly. Oh, I really shouldn't have done that. I'll have your real food out in a minute. Look, I'm awfully sorry. They always tell me I pull too many jokes on the guests, but it's really so nice to have someone here who sees the fun in this place like we do. You know what? Why don't you go relax in the spa room? Normally we don't let people eat in there, but I think we can make an exception just this once. Oh, uh, sure, sure. That sounds wonderful. I'll, uh, I just need to go get my swimsuit. Oh, fantastic. Oh, I hope you're okay with the heat. It can get pretty steamy in there. Eunice's orders. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mm. Uh, mm. Mm. God, I don't know what I've gotten myself into, but I need to get the hell out of here now. Is that you, Eunice? You picked a, a really bad night to try my patience. I'll tell you that for free. I really, really don't think you can manage to scare me. Maybe a few weeks ago, but now... I want your eyes. Excuse me? My tricks didn't work on you. What tricks? I cannot tell. I will not tell. Miss Sheridan, is that you? <laughs> you should have run. Is that so? What's behind that door then, huh? <clears throat> no! <sighs> that won't hold it for long. I need to... Oh, there. <sighs> oh. Good that she keep her... <gasps> I didn't see it before, but it's full of doll heads. Weird. Oh my god, what? Oh my god, it's a god. This must take up half the hotel. It's, it's full of factory equipment, shells, a loom, and a. Open the door! Oh shit. I. I need to get out of here now. Well, 
Turns out, I should have just kept driving in the first place. I mean, I should have done that anyways, but I was only about 10 miles from Oslo when I pulled off. I saw the lights come over the horizon almost as soon as I drove off. (sighs) Okay, so obviously I got out of there, but I need to talk about what I saw in that room. Why I had to leave so quickly. A cart I pushed in front of the door to keep Dolores and Eunice out was full of doll heads, all staring up at me. But they were all blank, unpainted, with empty eye sockets and blank features. But even so, some of them looked frightened. I don't know how. Honestly, I didn't look at them for too long. When I turned around to look at the rest of the room, well, there was a lot to take in. There's two stories, like the first and second stories had been torn out of half the hotel to make room for this factory. That's really the only word for it. There was an elaborate loom, like something out of the Industrial Revolution, and rows and rows of shelves overflowing with bins of doll parts. Legs, arms, bodies, hair, and eyes of every shape and size. There was a massive tiered closet full of doll clothes cut into one wall and dozens of half-finished dolls hung up on overhead cables. But the worst part, the worst part was this thick, dripping steel pipe coming through the wall right where the spa room was supposed to be. It was rusty and oozing some kind of black sludge through the cracks, and it drained right into a set of doll molds. There were a dozen of them, all fed from the same pipe. And it looked like some of them already had material solidifying in them. That when I realized where that old food smell was coming from. Like some kind of boiled, not quite rotten meat. I almost threw up. And there was one mold, one that looked like it was supposed to be feminine, that was empty, directly under the pipe, just waiting. I almost felt like throwing up again when I remembered Dolores offering to let me eat in the spa room. But then I heard Eunice start wailing behind the door. Thankfully, I spotted an old fire exit out the back. Apparently, they never planned to trap their victims in the factory itself and didn't bother removing a door. I got out, ran around the hotel to my car, and got the hell out of there before Dolores knew what was happening. Or... Maybe Eunice, I guess. Hard to say who was pulling whose strings there. I was just glad I actually had my purse with me this time, though the rest of my luggage is... Well, acceptable losses, I suppose. Is this the kind of stuff Anna dealt with all the time? No wonder she turned out the way she did can't exactly talk about this stuff at the dinner table, can you? Nope. Better to go off in your van and stargaze with your own thoughts. Huh. That actually... uh, That actually sounds kind of nice right now. 
I did notice something else right before I left, though. It was the oddest thing, but someone stacked a bunch of old doll clothes into this dirty-looking fireplace right next to the pipe. Very irresponsible. If they're not careful, that kind of thing could burn the whole place down. Dolores got out of there in time. <sighs> God, I really need to go to bed. I did manage to grab some food from the store, but I already inhaled it. I probably won't be up for a while, but I need to talk to Peter and Andrew tomorrow. I missed some again when I was driving, and I need to find some new clothes and, and a toothbrush. I'm just thankful I still had Dad's sweater on when I left, and that most of the important stuff was already in the car. And then maybe... Maybe I can get in touch with Lieutenant Tyler. See if he'll change his tune now that I'm actually here. Or at the very least, see what else I can find out about Oslo while I'm here. Hmm. I've got my work cut out for me. The Sheridan Tapes, Episode 32, Ashes, Ashes, starring Erin Neely Chaconis as Anna Sheridan, Virginia Spots as Kate Sheridan, and Becca Scott as Dolores and Eunice, with original music by Jesse Hogan and additional voices from our Patreon supporters. Written by Virginia Spots and produced by Trevor Van Winkle and Virginia Spots, and made possible by our supporters at patreon.com slash homesteadcorner and at kofi.com slash homesteadcorner. Visit thesheridantapes.com to view additional content, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and connect with us on Twitter at Sheridan Tapes and on Instagram at The Sheridan Tapes. I'm Trevor Van Winkle, this is Homestead on the Corner, and you're listening to The Sheridan Tapes. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. 
As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.